Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of podcast episode 173 what's going on bro dude i am uh, much more chill today i have to say enjoying the thanksgiving holidays being a parent you know the <laughs> no school this whole week so yeah well that means you're a lot busy this week right <laughs> what's right. that actually i mean normally i'm used to your kids going to school so i i want you say no school this week normally i think like um, oh yeah like we got to keep them occupied <laughs> yeah but i mean i guess you've been keeping them occupied for a for, for a whole fucking for a very long time right <laughs> you know what Dude, I mean? you know what luckily they both like going to the skate park so you know <clears throat> that's easy now i'm not going to get on a skateboard myself you know i did way back in the day but you know luckily back then they weren't doing all kinds of crazy board flipping tricks with the they didn't have the concave <laughs> boards back when i skateboarded so um, I'm not even going to try to get on one these days. All, all I see with that is a lot of pain and suffering and uh, slow healing. <laughs> man, well, you know, when I was a kid, my parents definitely didn't let me go to the skate park, man, because, you know, bad characters hang out in the skate park, man. Graffiti guys hang out in the skate park, right? So <laughs> there's there's some, uh, oh, you know what? Shit. Oh, God. Ah. Oh man, that's so much better. I keep forgetting to take the, the um, Invisalign out. <laughs> ah, it's so much easier to talk now. Well, you know, speaking of dentist stories, man, I mean, I'm getting fucking old, bro. I got to get like another two teeth pulled, man. Like, oh, it's just oh, one of those dude. things. I'm getting older. Like, there's bone loss. You know what I mean? Like, uh... <laughs> okay, yeah. Before I tell you about the, the characters at the skate park, um, get it done under anesthesia dude go under don't don't be trying to be there when they pull the teeth because it's gnarly it mm. uh you hear the cracks you hear the you feel that you know like well this, when i hadn't this this I, guy that's doing it is pretty good actually because you already removed one look right there is uh, yeah you, you know what i mean and uh, it didn't hurt at all and i was thinking about getting a gold one man like to replace it Ooh. right there <laughs> Well, you can't really see it. So, you know, yeah, exactly. You can't really see it. You know what I mean? But you know, if you wanted to pull out that swag, you'd just be like, "Hey, look, man, like check that out." You know, here's my gold tooth, man. I mean, is that like? <laughs> that reminds me of Sweet Tooth. You know who Sweet Tooth is? The the graffiti artist Sweet Tooth. Nah, let me look him up real quick. Well, that'd be an interesting guy to get on. He does uh, gums, you know, with the teeth, and um, he usually has like one of them that's gold. And uh, I've, I've seen stuff here in L.A. before. I don't know where exactly he's based out of, but um, it's yeah, Sweet Tooth with a uh, F. F, I think. F. Yeah. yeah, he's from U.K., I guess. I, 
kind of reminds me of like when you said shark tooth you, you know what i mean i know he's like, yeah <laughs> no but completely hear, different yeah, no, yeah. no 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 They're, the, yeah. your teeth don't look like that man <laughs> there you go that's yeah. the guy yep yeah but uh anyways um what were you saying about the characters of the skate park oh yeah there's uh there's some characters at the skate park um i i don't go and leave the kids there and come back and get them you know what i mean i i, I hang out yeah. And uh, I've had already, a, luckily, nothing big, you know, just a couple of little situations. Kids are being assholes to my daughter because she's on rollerblades or blades, excuse me, which I can call them rollerblades or roller skates. And, uh, you know, she was waiting her turn to go down this one run and they kept on like, you know, jumping in front of her and, and uh, kind of cutting her off, not letting her go. <laughs> so I, I went walking over there, I guess. Maybe I looked a little bit aggressive because I was kind of pissed off because, you know, I saw exactly what they're doing. I walked up and said, hey, um, you know, you guys mind letting my daughter uh, take a turn here? I see you guys cutting her off and everything. So I appreciate it if you do that, you know, and they're like, uh, yeah, OK. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they, just, on they just went to another over. area. They went to another area, dude. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't mean to, you know, run them off, but. You know, if you're going to be like that, then sure, take off, man. You know, let kids yeah. take their turn. For sure, man. Hey, it's been a while uh, since we last, um, you know, had a show. Again, you know, Keisha and I try to keep our commitments, guys. But sometimes, you know, people flake. So, uh, oh, dude, you know what? And especially if you're dealing with a graffiti artist and stuff like that, like, you know, we do, you know, to some extent expect, you know, um, last minute cancellation you know you never know maybe they got arrested maybe they got <laughs> uh you never know yeah but um, so that's why we missed last week we don't want to mention any names or anything like that because it doesn't matter yeah, um, yeah. but we, you had some cool the reason i brought it up is because you had some cool stuff last week that you were going to bring on the show one of your new people oh, yeah. and I yeah well um I, I think people have already seen the uh the babe ruth baseball that i that i yeah, drew man. uh I babe that. ruth with the uh well, I sketched it out with the pencil and, and then I went back with the Sharpie, you know, it wasn't just, you know, just boom, Sharpie without any kind of sketch. And there's no way I'm not that, uh, yeah, I'm not that good. Um, but so then, um, Look at that I did, uh, Jackie Robinson right here. Um, and, uh, I know Jackie Robinson is not like one of the top 10, you know, baseball players as far as hits and, you know, accomplishments and stuff like that. But the dude was the very first African-American, uh, you know, baseball player. And, you know, if it wasn't for him, you may not have had Willie Mays or, um, you know, Hank Aaron. So, um, so that's why I went ahead and did Jackie Robinson uh, second. Um, not sure exactly who I'm going to do third. I'm going to at some point get in touch with Rawlings. Uh, I did get a professional, you know, Major League Baseball. <laughs> baseball. Now, the other one's on one of my son's baseballs. It was just, you know, <clears throat> I didn't know if it was going to work or not. So, um, but, you know, now I got the uh, official major league baseball um that i'm using now and so you know once you get a few more i'll get in touch with uh with rawlings and see if uh you know maybe they want to help me uh promote these and then you know maybe i give a percentage of it to a charity of their choice or something like that you know yeah man i think um, it's a good concept man love it i think it's like uh just so on on your brand dude if that means anything but i mean it's a great exercise let me just tell you that it's one of the hardest things that i've done just because you're you know you're on a surface that's that's curved you know <laughs> as much as a baseball is curved and so you can't really do a um you can't really project on it you can't really do a grid system on it because it gets yeah. kind of out of whack a little bit and you just got to kind of 
keep working and going back and forth. So, excuse me. <clears throat> we got to get you a cough button, Teach. <laughs> anyway, man, I mean, how's the holiday season going for you guys, man? I mean, um, you know, anything aside from just the regular, who makes the turkey at your house? Well, basically, dude, it just started. You know what I mean? Like yesterday was the. Um, you better have your turkey though, because uh, you got you got to get that shit out of the freezer and defrost it. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, <clears throat> luckily, we're going to be going over to a friend's house, and uh, they are fixing everything. So it's. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That think, will be yeah. very enjoyable. There's not luckily the uh, the wife's um, ex husband and his family uh, live down in the Palisades, so uh, they've invited us over. So we're going to go over there and uh, you know dirty up their house. Nice, nice, man. You know, in my house, I always make the turkey every year, man. So um, what? Yeah, man. I mean, dude, I didn't know that. Yeah, really? man. I mean, yeah, man. I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a chef, man. I mean, I just I just don't like. Real talk. I only cook for people I love, though. That's the thing. Well, yeah. no, it's smart. It's smart not to not to let people know that you're a chef because then, you know. Well, they, I mean, they, like it's not James. Why don't you come over and uh, hang out? You know, maybe you can cook a little something. You know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not it's not so much like, hey, uh, I, I love cooking breakfast for people, man. To be honest, that's like my thing. Like, you have a group of friends over, you know, you've been hanging out. Come on, already. breakfast is easy, man. Come on. Yeah, but I mean, you know my standards are pretty high though for breakfast man like you know what i mean how, how do you cook your what's your secret to cooking bacon bro like i'm just curious like you know what i mean there's a secret to making perfect bacon man okay and i'm just wondering uh wait how do you make make your bacon usually do you have any sort of I, I don't make i mean i just get whatever they have at the store and heat it up basically that's the, the microwave I, one <laughs> no no actually i, okay. I put it on a, on a you know a little grill you know so okay, no, the secret to cooking bacon for example man okay is you know you put three slices of bacon in there right and then normally it starts like you know frying and stuff like that you got to put a little bit of water just inside the pan man a little bit of water inside the pan okay that keeps it kind of like from getting too uh oily in there you, you know so after that you got to lay it on a paper towel to dry and then you know what it's going to come out perfect bacon give it a shot okay that, that, that's my secret man just add a little bit of water inside and you get that well and i'm also kind of lame i eat turkey bacon you know what i mean I, I don't normally eat the real stuff every once in a while like if i'm having a really really special breakfast or something like that then you know i have the, the real bacon but yeah, turkey, yeah. Ba turkey bacon sucks man you, you don't need to add any water inside turkey. i've bacon. adjusted to it i like it now i actually really like it <laughs> speaking of you know what uh that reminds me i wanted to, to bring this up i got a new piece up uh that's actually in the frame right now i don't know if you notice it right here uh wanted to get a little you know bit more color in there um this is uh, this is a Dunkin' Donuts box, and um, I did a stencil of Michael Bisping. Yeah, he uh, he's uh, he's a UFC fighter, and it, the reason why I got him on here is because it's kind of like you know if I ever think of one to maybe go have a you know box of Dunkin' Donuts, all I gotta do is look at that right there, and uh, <laughs> you know it's like okay um, maybe not. You know, it's scary as hell. Look on your face for those of you who are just uh, listening. Uh, Michael Bisbing was one of the top UFC fighters. He was a champion, uh, middleweight class. And, um, you know, he's just a character, total character. Um, but uh, this one, he's just got his mouth open. He almost looks like a dog screaming at you. Um, so, you know what? Uh, you know what? He's got a podcast, the Believe You Me podcast. Um, so he's, uh, he's not only is he a great fighter, but he's also, um, you know, really good uh 
you know, commentate. He does commentating on the fights and everything. He and he, uh, he, does, he runs a great podcast too. So I'm very, very impressed. One of the, you know, one yeah, of the guys that actually I mean, does I like it well. It, man. I like this being because he came back later on in like his career and finally won the UFC uh, championship. Speaking, speaking of, uh, actually, I want to talk about cereal boxes real quick, man, because have you, like, I actually was asked by uh, our buddy Frankie Hollywood, man, to buy a uh, special cause cereal box. Have you seen these cause cereal boxes? I don't know. You can buy it on Amazon, man. Okay. But it's just like, you can't really buy it in other countries. I mean, oh, wow. Like, people are really, Reese's really Puffs, huh? Uh, you know, so I bought a couple to taunt him with it. I'm like, uh-huh, I can have it and you can't, man. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually secretly bought some um, in, for him, actually, you know, and uh, I was like saying like, dude, cereal boxes actually retain value because these are like, you know, special cause ones, right? And then, um, so I just Googled, I was like, all right, well. That depends me- on who you are. <laughs> Well, I was like, let me Google something. And I, I found an unopened 1994 Wheaties Michael Jordan cereal box. Um, and then there's two for $39, man. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's kept it for 25 years. And this box of cereal is only worth $40 for two. So I don't That's know not worth it. it. No, not worth no, it no, 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 no. I'm going to hold in a cereal box for that long. I mean, come on. Exactly, man. Dude. Unless it's like this, you know, that's about the size of a cereal box, but it's you know, it, it has a, uh, you know, kind of a, a good meaning to it. You know, I like it. Plus the color. I really like the yeah, color. Too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's an artsy thing. There's a cause cereal, you know, people are reselling it for like a hundred bucks right now when you can Whoa. buy it on Amazon for like 30. So I'm confused, man. But, um, <laughs> oh, I hear our guest, man. I, I see him in the waiting room, man. You want to introduce our guest? Oh, dude, bring him in, man. Do not let that guy wait. That's, I'm just, I'm really kind of, little bit nervous and stoked because bus 166 is like one of my favorite guys out there um i've just known about him ever since i got into uh doing street art and um i just i love this guy he does you know community projects he's got a, a store down in uh, long beach um great guy yeah bring him in yeah I, I checked out his podcast too man and uh, you know i love uh uh his, his uh advice that he gives people man so i'm gonna go on graffiti machine yes absolutely yeah. man Oh, I can hear him. There he is. Yes. A dog started started fighting right when this shit was about to start. I don't know. No, that's hilarious. I have uh, our dog is about 15 years old. She's kind of getting on her last leg, and almost every single every single one of our podcasts, at some point, you can hear like in the background just a like the kids have gotten home or something like that, and the dog's going absolutely crazy. Um, so I can relate, but, uh, dude, bus one, six, six. Thanks for joining us today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. You got a nice little setup going there. I got a little, uh, setup envy going here, man. Look at the microphone and yeah, everything. Man. Which, which mic is that bike? This the, what is it called? The road something? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the road mic. mic, right? That's one of the mics we were getting. Uh, the reason I was I was I wanted to ask is because I listened to your podcast a little bit today, uh, your last one of uh, just pick something, man, and it sounded so clear, man. I was like, God, we got to up our game, man. Shoot, you this know, mic uh, is only it's only a hundred bucks. It's like a I love a hundred bucks, dude. Yeah. That looks so much better than mine. That's even like twice as expensive as that. Look what at this you, thing, okay? Look at this, okay? It's a it's a road, right? Oh yeah. Look at all this thing on there, a little fancy stand and everything. That thing you know? is fancy. <laughs> but 
Yours looks even better though. Yours is like coming from up here. Like you got a hanging deal and everything. The, yeah, I got the, the design the on the microphone. Button. I like better. Looks more high tech. He's a professional, man. I mean, he's a fellow podcaster, and you know, we always want to promote fellow podcasts, especially in the art world or the graffiti world, man. So uh, we're so happy to have you on today, Buzz. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on. I always like doing this kind of stuff. Well, let's take it back. Let's take it way back, dude. Where are you from? Uh, well, Southern California is. Uh, it's where where I was born. So I, I spent um, most of my life there. I actually just moved to Vegas. Um, nice. I have a lot of friends that moved to Vegas too, man. During the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, shit's getting California's getting weird, man. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> hey, I don't, yeah, I hear you. I don't that trust one, my friend. I hear there's you. A, there's a, a you know unhoused people living on the side of the freeway ramps as you get on the freeway now, man. You, you know what I mean? It's real crazy. Have you ever seen it this bad? No, no way. I don't think it's ever, I mean, not in my lifetime, it's never been this bad. Never. Not since never I, I've been here close. since uh, 99. So it's, it's definitely a lot worse, but so what, um, I guess, uh, I, may, I don't know, maybe for safety purposes, you don't want to tell us exactly what, you know, just like, uh, what, um, San Diego area, a little bit more North. Or... No, well, uh, I was born in Panorama city, which is the, the Valley, San right. Fernando Valley. And then, um, I, my family, we moved out of the valley to the suburbs. And then when I was, I don't remember how old I was, I was 19 or 18 or something. I moved back to the valley. And um, so I lived, I lived different parts of the valley uh, m most of, most of the time, but I, I did live in the suburbs growing up. I, I think I only lived in Panorama city till I was five. Okay. So I got a question for you. Um, were you involved with artwork when you were uh, younger or um, did, uh, did you get into graffiti first and that led into more artistic things? Yeah, I was, I was involved in art uh, my whole life, pretty much. I, I was one of those kids that, that just liked to draw and my parents, I was fortunate enough that my parents were very encouraging about it. And so they'd buy me art books and, you know, supplies and all this kind of shit. And I took art classes in, in high school and um but then i i sort of lost interest in art and i was more into skating and music like hardcore and stuff like that and it wasn't until graffiti came back or not came back but graffiti came into my life that's when i really started getting interested in art again so like let's talk about the music for a second what uh how involved in the music did you get um i i was playing um i was playing guitar and bass i played in a um, I played in like a handful of like shitty bands when I was, when I, when I was in high school, you know, like we, like you do, but then I ended up, uh, getting the pleasure of playing in that band Strife. It's a, the hardcore straight edge band, um, I played with them for about a year, year and a half or something like that. And we did tours. We did, I did the first two tours with them. And then I ended up starting a band called Eyelid. That was a, another hardcore kind of, a hardcore slash metal kind of crossover band did some tours with them and uh, now when you say tours like uh like regional tours um how, how how wide did you go uh well with strife we did um where do we do that um uh, i think it was the whole country it's like kind of hard to remember it was wow. a 90 what was it 93 maybe yeah look that, at you that's way Dude. 
I might be in there somewhere. I don't know. It was it was really uh, in the very early, uh, <laughs> very early early days of that of that whole thing. And then uh, with Eyelid, we did um, we did pretty much most of the country, and then we did a West Coast tour. Uh, so the West Coast tour, we ended up not finishing it, and the band broke up shortly after that. As that, happens with bands, right? Yeah, it was it was a good time though. I'm still still really good friends with some people from from that band. Still good friends with people from Strife. I mean, I, I talked to the guitarist Andrew um, somewhat regularly. He's actually has a band that we were we were doing hardcore shows at at the studio in uh, in San Pedro, and his band played there a couple of times. So um, you still these play. Kinda, I mean, I do, but I don't like playing bands or anything. I just, I just play sort of, for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I feel like it's good for your brain. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of interested in, um, in developing my, my mind a lot these days. And I, in some, somewhere in some reading, I, I came across some information on how, how good it is for your brain to make those connections, you know, when you're trying to learn something and you're going through that process of, you know, getting into deep practice and solving problems and things, they, they say that it actually like really helps develop your, your mind. So I, I try to I try to do that more, but I, I don't know, I haven't picked it up for, for several do you months miss now. Performing? Just, just curious, uh, do you miss like performing for people? I mean, you know, as I'm a musician myself too, I play a little bit of guitar. It's not my main instrument, uh, but, uh, you know, back in the day, and I enjoyed kind of just fingering around myself and just like kind of like meditating in a sense, you know, but do you miss performing for people actually sometimes? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. It was a, it was a really interesting experience because you, you know, as you, as you, I think it's kind of a, I don't know, let me try to go back to that. I haven't thought about that for a while, but, <laughs> you know, it was like early on, um, I got pretty lucky because I, excuse me, um, when I got in Stripe, they were all already very popular. So it was, um, I got I got to, to experience performing in front of people that dug your shit, you know. So it's like, as a as a musician, I'm sure you've played to crowds where they're just standing there staring at you, or they're they don't <laughs> even want to come up. Or, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, you know, I I didn't get to experience. Well, I I didn't experience that with Strife because they already had a Ooh. a good following. But then when when I started Eyelid, I I got to experience that whole thing of like people not knowing who you were and just sort of like standing there and staring at you. And it was really awkward and you had to sort of get over that. And then we started gaining some popularity. So it was a, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, playing in front of people, especially when they enjoyed what you were doing, but you know, I definitely don't miss those. Sorry, my dog's in here just hacking. Me. Um, no worries, man. I don't miss those shows where where people are standing like twenty feet away from you, just staring at you. I mean, that, that shit is <laughs> fucking uncomfortable, man. Oh yeah, of course, man, of course. But uh, anyways, just just to go on, we always like to talk a little bit about, about the music side too. But yeah, uh, I actually did uh, um, a form of performing in front of people completely different from what you and James did. I was uh, much, I was really young and didn't really understand what I was getting signed up for and somehow I ended up, <laughs> ended up doing um, shows for uh, Chippendales in Europe. What? Really? Yeah, we're not even going to go anywhere near that story. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> because that story quite a few times on the podcast already, but uh, yeah, basically. I've, yeah, 
<laughs> and so I, you know, performing in front of people, getting the adulation and everything, going from that to like being off the road and um, as ridiculous as, you know, as it was, um, you know, I still did feel like, you know, man, I, there was a certain element of that that I did miss. I didn't miss the fact that I wasn't really proud of what I was doing, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, I can kind of understand a little bit like missing getting that, that type of attention where people are, are admiring. You, well, let's you go know? back to art, man. <laughs> yeah. Back to, you know, I just like to we all throw in a little bit, you know what I mean? I don't want to feel like we're just sucking and taking everything from you. You want to give you a little bit of fun here, you know, hey, um, we're hanging out, man. We're hanging out. You, you, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be. Okay. So you said that, uh, you got into music, but then the graffiti came back around. When was that? Uh, that was 91. It came around. The graffiti came around. Yeah, yeah. 91 was when um, I, I probably started noticing it. I, I noticed it when I was really young. I, I remember my dad uh, took me to a couple of Raiders games and uh, they had the Coliseum in downtown. They were in LA that, that time, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So that must have been, I don't know, 80. 80 oh, it was. I was a kid, so we're not going to hold you up on the exact date. Yeah, it was it was early. It was mid '80s, um, somewhere early mid '80s, and I remember seeing graffiti uh, out there. Um, and I remember asking my dad, like, "Oh, that looks so cool. How how come it's illegal to do that?" You know, just a a dumb kid thing to ask. And I remember my dad just said something like, "Well, you know, it's just just not supposed to do that." You know, I, but I was fascinated by it. But I didn't really know what it was. And then in sixth grade, which I don't know, some some 80s, I, I don't remember what year that, that was, but uh, some kid in my class had the subway art book. And I remember being fascinated by that, but I still didn't know what it was. Like I didn't understand what it, what it was that I was seeing. And it started kind of coming around a little bit. Um, people were doing the writing people's names and kind of graffiti-ish letters on the back of people's jean jackets and shit like that. Um, still didn't really understand what that was. And uh, around 90, 89, 90, I started really kind of getting an idea of what it was. And I was more like a rebellious kind of skater, you know, so I was more making fun of it. Like, what are you guys doing? Like writing shit on the walls. And then I, I, I got a marker and I started writing just as a joke, you know, I was like, just, um, so I, I started writing, uh, my first name was cheese. So I was just writing cheese everywhere. And then I realized I started liking it. I was like, man, I kind of like writing on shit. You know, this is, <laughs> this is kind of fun. And then I, I, I tried to come up with a, a legitimate name, you know, a handful of different names and shit. But the, around 93 is when I met the, the guys from MSK when they recently had gone around that time they went from ad to msk and that's when i met gank uh, fate saber havoc all those guys the early msk wow. guys and that's when i changed my name to bus and um and I, I was pretty obsessed with graffiti by then but once <laughs> that happened i was like that was it you know all you need are some peers that are badass also and encouraging right yeah yeah so it was a <laughs> all graffiti just living and breathing every day pretty much for the do you mind if i ask how you came up with the with bus um actually gk came up with the name i was writing game at the time and that that name was already taken and so we we started painting together i was um uh 
I had a car, he didn't have a car, it sort of worked out, you know, so we started painting together. And um, he's like, man, you got to change your name, you can't, you can't write that. And uh, so we were just driving. And he was like, well, you're driving, I had a 66 Volkswagen bus. And that's what we used to drive around. And he was like, why don't you just write bus? And then there was some debate is like, oh, Dondi used to write bus, but that was his undercover name. You know, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote uh, bus 129. He, it's in the subway art book and um so we, we kind of decided you know okay well just write bus 66 and that's that's what um you know hopefully that's like not disrespecting his his thing but i mean he wrote dondi obviously but bus was you know yeah i mean if you're gonna do you can't be taking a bunch of names and being like hey you can't have any of these names i mean come on you know if you're gonna know. Be, be yeah. big, especially dondi i mean my gosh it's one of the biggest guys in new york um when i think of like the top 10 guys dondi is one of them you know what i mean um so but you never know right i, I some of these guys yeah. that i've met they're really kind of cool and others are like almost fascist you know what i mean so yeah. i guess it depends <laughs> Nobody ever said anything to me about it, you know, so I mean. And if you're in the MSK, um, I'm sure word's going to get around. And if anything's going to be said, it's going to be said, it's going to be worked out or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably, I'm sure that probably the guy was, you know, probably cool with it, man. Well, he wasn't around anymore. So, I mean, he was, he had passed away. I, I don't remember what year he passed away, but I think it was, I don't remember. I'd have to look it up if he passed away before that or after that, but you know, I was just a toy, you know, like I was so far off of the radar <laughs> that didn't, didn't matter at the time, you know? So just looking it up oh. right now, Dondi in uh, New York passed away 1998 October. So. Oh, in 98. Oh, okay. So I guess he was around. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I had, I had some conversations with some, some people from that era and no, nobody really said anything, but who knows cool, man. at least you know you that's how that stuff goes though you know for our listeners who are wondering what the fuck are they talking about why can't they you know it's like hey you know <laughs> um when you've written that name all over the place you know and someone else comes up and wants to start using it you know that's not cool you put in a ton of work you know and for someone else to start writing the same thing you know it's it's just not cool um so very interesting so you were kind of like this guy's bus a little bit and you were driving a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I was driving the Volkswagen bus. <laughs> now, did you ever, um, did you ever get in like any big trouble with the, you know, with getting chased or getting busted or anything like that? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I, I was pretty lucky in terms of, you know, cause I had gotten arrested a handful of times, but somehow I never really, um, like I got caught a few times and, and they just let us go. It was kind of the weirdest thing. Oh, you got the right cops, huh? Yeah. Like there was one time we were, we were painting downtown and this was uh, probably 94. So there was a lot of abandoned buildings. It was way different downtown than it is now. And so I was, I was up on like a second story window and it was boarded up and I was, I was catching a throwy up there. And I, I heard somebody yelling down and I looked down and there's just a cop standing down there and I climbed down and, you know, it was like a five minute interaction of him talking shit. And then they took all the cans and threw them up on the roof and they're like, get the fuck out of here. You know? It was and, an abandoned uh, building though, basically. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, that that's kind of how it goes sometimes. I mean, it's, if you have, 
Oh, dude, it totally depends on the cops. Yeah, totally I mean, they, depends on the. You could have some cool cops, you know, that that almost are like, yeah, that's that's, that's not bad, dude. Um, you should probably leave though, yeah. <laughs> or something. Or you know, you get the asshole that that needs to, you know, make someone feel bad and, and make himself feel good somehow, you know, and take a man and do whatever. But um, well, good. Thank goodness you didn't get any uh, any total assholes. I, I got a, a an asshole that uh, that took me. Well, actually, wasn't the guy that took me in. It was a security guard used to be a deputy and he was the original one that put the call out on me. And so this cop told me after I told him my story and everything, you know, my graffiti name is teacher. I, you know, putting stuff up because of education, whatever, you know, um, you know this guy was like, look, dude, if it was up to me, I'd, I'd let you go. But dude, they called you back there. He's an ex deputy. So he wants to see you go in. I got to take you in. I was like, that's how it is, man either you get lucky or or not it's just part of it but dude you've you've gone from from doing that to um you know like we were talking about you have a podcast now but you also have um or had i I guess you're going to be moving soon um the machine studio which is like a a, an art studio and um is that is it long beach or where exactly is that uh we we have a location in san pedro and then i moved out to vegas to open a second location in oh uh, sweet yeah, so we got nice. two, two locations now. The Pedro one is more, I mean, during the pandemic, we couldn't really do the events anymore, but that, that was what it originally was, community art studio type of thing. I love that. And, um, we had art shows. Obviously, you were in one of those those shows. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Very honored. Yeah, we did um, We did those every month for quite a, quite a while, and uh, we opened that in 2015. And um, when the pandemic came around, the shows weren't really an option and we were sort of like kind of burned out on shows for a little bit there, but we had this community art studio type of thing where kids could come in or anybody could come in and draw on the black books. We had a table with black books there. And so that was kind of the main focus of it. It ended up turning more, not more, but it, we had to start taking the business side of things seriously. Cause it was just, you know, you're just hemorrhaging. Dude, money. That's the space. If, I mean, it's in downtown San Pedro. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like right next to all these big shops and everything, you know, I mean, yeah, that's, I can't help, but uh, yeah, I, I was always wondered about that. It's like, man, who's, who's footing the bill for this? Cause this cannot be a, a, a cheap spot here. Yeah. It wasn't. Um, that was the thing. Like I was doing uh, motion graphics. Sorry, my dog's just hacking uh, right, right behind me. No <laughs> worries, bro. No worries. Throat thing. <laughs> um, so um, at the time, and for since 2002, I was doing uh, motion graphics for TV shows and music videos and stuff. Oh, so wow. that was my career. And I wanted to do something more in the graffiti type of space. So that's why I ended up opening the, you know, the, the studio. But, you know, it was, uh, it was fine for a while because I was like, well, you know, this other business is going well and I can... I can sort of work from here. And then I did this, like, you know, I did, I did this really, um, what, what's the word for it? I guess kind of grassroots, like, uh, cause at the time I owned a house and I, I sold that house a, co- a couple of years ago, but, um, the time I, I owned a house in uh, Atwater village. And so I wanted to do this studio thing. And so what I ended up doing was I rented the house to a buddy and then I just rent, I rented the studio in San Pedro. And I just literally slept in the back 
on a recliner for like four years. Like, I, Oh dude, I could totally have lived in that studio. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I would have loved to have lived in that space. <laughs> it was interesting, man. Like it was, uh, Oh, that's the old sign. Uh, when, wonder when they have that, we have a, a new sign that's way cooler now, but uh, yeah, if you look on his Instagram, uh, not too long back, you can see the, the new, uh, the new sign. Not that uh, that James. sign wasn't cool. That was done by Jabber and I totally appreciate it. But we, we ended up getting a cub to, uh, to paint oh, the, man. the big, huge one. So right. it was really cool. But anyway, uh, you know, so it was, it was an interesting thing, you know, to do because it, it taught me how little you can, you can live with, you know what I mean? Like, or how little I could live with. So, I mean, I lived in the back of the studio with no, no hot water, no shower, no kitchen or anything. It was just a fucking, it was kind of a mess, you know, um, I showered at the, the YMCA, you know, it was just, um, I don't know. I felt like my life was just getting a little too comfortable, you know? So it was cool to shake it up like that. And you know, anyway, what they say is when it comes to artists, um, if you make an artist too comfortable, you get a piece of shit. Oh, that makes sense. You, you, you keep them a little bit kind of, you know, tough going every once in a while, you're going to get a better artist. So that's, that's, uh, sounds like what was, yeah, there you go. You see that buzz? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I really like that, that, uh, that sign. I'm glad that we were able to get that from him before he passed. It was, uh, yeah, we actually had him scheduled to come on here and, uh, and interview, you know, we were going to interview him. And then next thing I know, I heard, and I was like, no, man yeah seemed like such a really really cool guy yeah he really was man he was a, he was an inspiration to a lot of people so, talking about sir cub right i mean he was your co-host yeah. for the graffiti machine podcast right yeah, yeah i mean um how like how did you guys start at that podcast man i mean obviously it's like me and teach we started this one we always saw your guys too it's a little bit different culture obviously but uh you know we always probably because uh, they had this great studio space <laughs> <laughs> and if you're gonna have a spot like the machine uh studio you know, why not have a, a, um, a podcast? Yeah, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about the start of uh, the Graffiti Machine with Sir Cub? Yeah, sure. So that, that um, you know, the whole thing about starting that studio was to give back to the graph culture. So, I mean, as I mentioned, you know, it wasn't really, it was, in the beginning, there was literally zero money coming in. It was, it was just, um, that space that we have now is um, actually the second space. The first one was a smaller one down the street. And um, when we opened it, I post this picture every every so often, but it's it's literally just a a big rectangular space with nothing in it and just a a table with some black books and some markers on it. We just let people come in and and draw and just sort of let it evolve from there. So the the space and the idea was all around just giving back to the graph culture and trying to do positive things. And so things started to evolve out of that. We started a nonprofit, the community art machine, which was, um, ha had, uh, several different sort of divisions, I guess you could say, um, the community art studio was one of them. Then we started the cuts crew was a community service-based, uh, graffiti crew. So that's still around. Um, I'm, I'm less involved in that now cause I'm just a little bit overwhelmed. So, um, chair 33 is running that, but that's still, still going. There's, you know, we do neighborhood cleanups and murals and kind of underserved areas and things like that. And then, um, 
And then from there, we did the mobile graffiti yard, which we still have. It's a modular wall system that we can bring out to events and do live painting, let people come in and, and paint and, and kind of, in, you know, engage with the community. So it was like those parts were the community art studio, or sorry, the community art machine um, sort of divisions. I can't remember the word that I used for that, but, um, and so, you know, as you kind of build up momentum doing that kind of stuff, I was just always looking at more things to add, which ended up kind of overwhelming me a bit. But um, after a while, I was like, man, you know, there's like downtime between doing things with, with all these different things. So I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should start a podcast or a YouTube channel or something. There's some downtime. I can't let myself have any downtime now. No, God damn it. I got to no, stay busy here. No downtime. <laughs> downtime is, is not good for me. So um i decided to start the people, yeah. yeah so I, I decided to start the podcast and uh you know it was like i was talking about it for a couple of years like way before i met cub and i actually started it be before i think i might have talked to him about it but i had bought the equipment and and um i set up an interview with the local guy and you know, we did an interview and it was really awkward. Neither one of us knew what the hell we were doing. And I was just like, man, this just doesn't feel like the thing, you know, like I wanted it to have a different, not different, but I just wanted it to fit in line with what we were trying to do, like positive type of thing, you know, like there's a lot of graffiti related content and that stuff's awesome. And we wanted to do something. I wanted to do something a little bit more in the personal development for graffiti writers type of thing but I didn't know how to do that kind of right. What's that? The consciousness oriented kind of, I listened to your like last, uh, you know, podcast. And then you were talking about your, uh, Jordan Peterson, um, and some of his, uh, episodes, Ooh. you know what I mean? So I, I could tell you're kind of trying to do something a little bit different than just standard, Hey, graffiti, here's the culture, but a little bit of a, you know, personal kind of like a improvement too. Right. Make yeah. him think in a different way. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. It was just, uh, it's the, the whole premise of the, of the show is, um, is, is trying to improve the graffiti culture by trying to help graffiti writers improve themselves. And I'm not some fucking guru. So it's mainly just, I read it every day. So like things will pop up and I'll be like, okay, there's an episode there. And then I just transfer that information over to the graffiti culture and try to do it in language that I feel like will hit with them and, and try to relate it to graffiti whenever I can. But back to Cubs involvement, it, it happened very organically. And it was it was one of those, you know, those um, I hate this word, but you know, serendipity. It's like such a corny hey. word. But oh, no, um, it's a beautiful word. You know what? They they just ruined the, the word because of the fucking movie, man. Like, yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, I was talking to Cub, and there was this incident that happened at the studio, and I, I was like, I was really frustrated about it. And me and him were just talking and and um, we, we'd been talking for probably 45 minutes, just standing there. And I was like, fuck, man, this is the podcast I've been wanting to do. Like, we should have just recorded this conversation and, and released it. That shit would have been awesome. You know, this is exactly, this is exactly what I was, I was wanting. I didn't know what I wanted until I had this conversation. And I was like, would you be interested in doing this? And he was, he was the most positive fucking motivated guy you'll ever meet. So of course he was like, he was just down. So we just, that's just where it went. 
we recorded the first episode based on that conversation we had. It's just basically like, you know, that one was, you know, very graffiti related. It was talking about the rules of graffiti, kind of like getting sort of lost in the shuffle a little bit and taking our, we were taking responsibility for it as older writers, maybe potentially not being around to pass on that information or different things. And then, you know, it just sort of, um, they went from there. I mean, it really went very quickly into the more personal development kind of thing. Um, you know, right. I don't know, within a, within a couple of episodes, it started, started going in that direction. And then we were both pretty excited about, about that and those kind of conversations. And, you know, at the same time, it was, Chronicles. Yeah. I mean, it was just sort of like a nerve wracking kind of thing. Cause it was like, dude, are graph writers going to want to listen to this shit? Like, you know what I mean? You know, it was yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of surprising. Cause I think like uh, at, at the beginning too, especially for me, man, like graph, I mean, I know a lot of these guys and uh, it's, it's not like they're the most guys who are willing to like, Hey, let me just come out and like talk about everything. Right. So, you, you know, a lot of times yeah. we were thinking like, Hey, you know what, because of that, actually people want to hear conversations kind of, and, uh, just kind of hear what other people are thinking about too. You, you know what I mean? So I found it kind of like surprising. And uh, um, I, th I think that you guys kind of had that same uh, effect too, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now it's just a matter of, I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, like I, I've been, been doing this solo episodes and I, I've had a couple of guest interviews. Um, I really want to get that, that, um, that back and forth conversation going. Cause I, I really struggle a lot a, every single time I fucking record actually, like I, I sit down and, and I have an idea and, and it's just uh, sometimes it's really hard to just sit there and uh, have a conversation with uh with an audience that isn't actually there, you know, they're going to, they're going to yeah. hear it later. So I'm just sitting there talking and, and trying to. Well, bus, you sound great, man. I mean, you know, I want kind of just wanted to reflect on you on the last episode, man. I mean, you were talking about something like, hey, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson was just recommending to pick something and then to kind of just go with it and uh, um, just see where it goes. But just pick something. Right. Right. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Because so, so many people get stuck in that idle state of like, oh, I don't know what to do. There's so many options, especially in our world today. Right. I mean, they're creating a fucking metaverse for Christ's sake. There's, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, uh, can you, you want to go into that a little bit? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that episode is a pretty good example of, of sort of how things unfold for me these days. I mean, if you go back to when Cub was here, it was, it was mainly me going like, Hey, I just read some cool book. Um, here's kind of what it's about. And uh, let's, let's talk about it. What do you think about that? And, and sometimes we'd have a phone call, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then we'd talk, let me drink a little water. I don't know if, do you guys edit these things or? Oh, no worries, man. Oh, I'm dude, you have to understand that, um, you know, it, it, this is also for me as well. Um, people appreciate uh, having a raw, listening to things that are real. You know yeah. what I mean? Not yeah, so yeah. staged authentic. and perfect and whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's authentic. So and people like your time on the wall, man. So uh, yeah. you see me hitting some water here and there. So cool. Um, <laughs> and so I had a horse in my throat earlier. I'm trying to talk to him, going yeah, that's <laughs> almost the like worst. a dog there. So that's why I can sympathize. You know, it's the worst when you're trying to 
trying to keep it keep it down and it's like ah there's no way <laughs> but uh <laughs> all right man sometimes i'm smoking weed on the podcast and I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> you know i mean so uh That's but anyways cool. man like uh so, so we're going back you're saying talking about uh, uh picking something yeah so like for that episode in particular um that's uh, ideally you know i don't know that that was my best episode ever but ideally that would be how they were they would come about because um you know for me it's it's very very difficult to sit down in front of the mic almost every time but then every now and then you'll have that that awesome sort of window where you're listening to something and you're like, like I was, I was working out, um, in my backyard and listening to YouTube videos. And when he said that, I was like, Oh shit, that's an episode. And so I finished my workout and just came right in and recorded it while the, while my mind was fresh on it. And, and so that one, I felt like it sort of came out a little easier, but, um, you know, props to the, to the girl that edits the, the other episodes. Cause <laughs> a lot of times, man, like I'm just, I'll just pause it and I'll be like, fuck man, I don't know what I'm trying to say, you know, like, um, but, uh, um, that's, that's actually kind of good though. I think, you know, yeah. one of the good things about doing a podcast by yourself is you can do what you were just talking about doing something hits you, you can go and you can record it and then, you know, either edit it later, do whatever and put it up whenever the hell you want. You yeah, there's no scheduling, no, no coordinating or anything like that. So, I mean, that obviously, is when you can I'm, get some good, good raw stuff. It is yeah. Though. I think like people do enjoy actually like kind of listen to you, figure out like what you're saying too. That's part of the uh, appeal of podcasts too, because they're kind of on this like wavelength that you're presenting, you know what I mean? And I think, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed it, man. And, and it kind of like made me think about the times that I just I had a lot of decisions and I was like, you know what? I can just pick something, man. And then just, if I don't like it, then I can change my mind, but it's better to have some action now than to actually just be idle. And, uh, you know, it's uh, turn around and all of a sudden it's been years and you haven't done anything yet. Right. Yeah. I mean that, that whole message, you know, I learned that lesson and I talked about it on, uh, on our podcast. And I think I've even talked about it on, on other interviews where, I was in college and I was stuck and I, I couldn't, I had a project that was due. It was a, a movie poster thing that we were doing. And I just couldn't, you know how it is when you're creative and, and you, you, you have to do something like if you're creative as a job, obviously this wasn't my job, but it was, it was an assignment and you had to have it done by a certain amount of time. So it's like getting that, that sort of um, deadline. And it's like, you have to be creative by this time it's like fuck man are you serious like <laughs> how the fuck are you supposed to do that and then, oh, yeah, and so, yeah, yeah exactly what I if was, i don't feel creative during that amount right. of time what if what i'm not then? inspired like yeah, how are yeah. you gonna do it you know what the muses don't visit right you know yeah <laughs> exactly so i um there was this guy uh named ed fella and he was a pretty famous um, typographer um and and he was just this really weird like just weird dude like he wasn't even a teacher there anymore, but he still had an office. And I, I think he kind of did lectures and shit. He was just this, this really weird guy, you know, just really weird sort of genius. Eccentric. Type of dude. That's the word, <laughs> eccentric. So his office was right next door to, to our third year studio. And so I was like, I'm just going to go talk to Ed. Maybe he'll, like, I don't know him or anything. So I, I went in and I, I was like, hey, man, like, I know, I know I don't, we don't know each other or anything, but can I, can I maybe get like five minutes of your time? And he's like, yeah, sure. Come on in. Yeah, there he is. 
he's he does the craziest like type with these ballpoint pens and shit he's a so cool yeah he's a genius man so I, I was really lucky to to just be around him and so when i went in and i told him what was going on he was just like he's like man you just you just gotta make stuff just don't even think about it just make stuff and i'm like yeah, but like it has to relate to the concept and it has to connotations and all these things. And with, you know, design is you can't just like make shit and be like, this is my art I'm presenting to you. It's like, no, it has to relate to the fucking movie you're making a poster for. But he's like, he had this like so nonchalant way of going about it, of, of, of getting me inspired. He was just like, man, just make shit. And just, I don't think he cussed. I don't remember. I'm using my own words. But. <laughs> You know, I'll just use my own words, but it's like make shit, you know, and um, and just just keep keep making stuff. And then he's like, you can even make something and then and then try to add the meaning behind it later. So, like, say you you make a design and then you're like, OK, I did this. You know how you I don't know if you guys are in the design. I've done that. I've done that several times. <laughs> yeah. So, so you do design. So, you know how it is. So, like, you could do something and then you could go. Uh, you know, I have to explain like, why did you choose, choose this, this font or why did you choose this imagery or, or this color palette? And so he was basically saying, just make shit and then make up the reason why you did it later. And I was like, dude, that's, that's crazy. I never thought about that. So, but as you're doing it, you start to make up that reason and it's legit. Like it fits because you're a creative person, your subconscious mind is doing shit in the background that's way more powerful than your your conscious mind is even uh, capable of doing so i started using that as a as one of my my tools you know it's like i'm just going to make rad looking shit and then figure out why it relates and then you can make little adjustments after you know so it's really interesting man because like um as a music producer I, I didn't even realize that I actually do that sometimes too. I'll write like a song and then I'll get like a vocal. And then I'm like, ah, I don't really like, you know, know what this vocal is saying, but then I'll basically like take it and chop it up and start kind of interpreting into something that makes sense at least at, to me. And then at the very end, the end result kind of like, it's like a, something I'm, I'm trying to say, even though it was somebody else's words. So I kind of understand what you mean by kind of creating that message, like as you're going along, you know, like it's kind of like, you're just in this flow state where you're just creating, right? You, you know what I mean? And then, um, like I said, you created it. So, you know, you're going to put some meaning to it. I, I really like that. Yeah. And so that, that whole concept is something that I do a lot. I mean, not so much, not so much like all of that, but the, the idea of just making things without, you know, without putting a lot of pressure on yourself. I mean, that's, that's something I always have to remind myself. And like, in fact, the, the last episode that I recorded, my, my head got, got, got in the way, you know? So I, I was sitting down and I got the microphone out and I'm like, ah, man, I'm nervous. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know this and that, this and that. And you know how it goes. Like you just, basically my mind is trying to talk me out of recording. You know, I'm like, oh, I got all this other shit I could do. Resistant, and I was like, dude, just man. shut the fuck up turn on the microphone and record the stupid thing. And you don't have to fucking release it. Like if it's not good. So like, take all that shit out of your head, like take all that pressure out and just sit down and do it. You, you don't have to even have to show anybody. It, if it sucks, then just throw it away, delete it. It's fucking digital, whatever. And so, you know, I, I try to tell people that, you know, I, I try to say, 
I, I was, I said, I was going to do these action steps at the end of my, my episodes, you know, I had done this, uh, this episode called uh, fuck, what is it called? Fuck motivation. You need momentum, you know? And it was based ah. on, <laughs> based mm. on that, that mm -hmm. lesson. It was based on that exact lesson one. that I got from Ed. And it was like, you just start and, and you just keep going and keep going. And then you get that momentum. I mean, like the design, graphic design is always a good example for me because you, you have to go through this stage where it just looks like complete fucking garbage. Like you don't know how to design. Like you don't know how to do typography. You know, you have this crap on your screen and you're like, this looks like dog shit. Like, do I, I've been doing design for almost 20 years. Like, why is this on my screen right now? You know, but that's part of the process. You know, you gotta, you have to get through that process until you get the momentum. Then once you get the momentum, it's just about maintaining that, that momentum. It's like that flywheel thing. Like you, you know, there's so many metaphors, you know, like the one that I heard is like, when you, when, old days where they had to pump the water out of the well you know oh yeah you, you have to pump the fucking thing and pump the thing and pump the thing and then once the water starts coming in you don't have to pump it as much but you still have to maintain that momentum you know so mm. the creative process to me is like that and that's what i learned from that lesson and so it's pretty much the same episode as as what i said pick something and just do it you know like what jordan peterson said that's that was me just regurgitating what he, what he taught me right then. And, and these are things that I do all the time. You know, if you just, it doesn't have to be in your career. It could be a work sketch or your, yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, if you're out of shape, just pick something, walk, just get out and walk, yeah. move your body. You know, like you don't, you don't have to sit there and be like, I need the perfect meal plan and, and I need a trainer perfect workout and, clothes. <laughs> right. No, you don't <laughs> just put on whatever the fuck and just go walk. <laughs> you know, it'll, yeah. you'll, you'll build momentum and you can apply that to literally anything. Plus, how know? do you get into like, Man, that is so true. I can't tell you how many times that I've actually had an idea, you know, I've had the inspiration, but I just didn't have the momentum. Right. You know, I, I've got twin, you know, they're 11 years old now. And so, you know, I, I don't get to just go do whatever I want, whenever I want. I got to schedule that time, you know, and um, sometimes I'll have the time and I'll have the inspiration, but just no momentum, you know, because then starting luckily I, I, I start doing something and, and like with, I started doing these baseballs, uh, you know, drawing on these baseballs. Oh, yeah. And awesome. it took me forever to, to get started on the first one because I was so worried about fucking it up. You know, and, and then finally, I was like, you know what? For a little fuck while. it up. Go ahead. Let's see. Just fuck one up. Okay. Fuck one up and then go ahead and, and start on another one. If that's what happens, then I didn't fuck it up somehow. You know, I, yeah. I got lucky and did well. And so I, yeah, I can do it. I'm totally feeling you on that, man. Not only yeah. do you have, you got to have the momentum, man. Plus, yeah, it's a, it's a, to get into your flow state, like, you know, we're talking about that building that momentum, right? But is there something that, like, you know, ritual or anything that you do to kind of like get in that mental state of, all right, I'm going to create right now, because, you know, maybe it can help uh, teach a situation of like, all right, you got to stop all of a sudden. And it's like, you want to get back in that momentum, that that zone, you know, is there anything? Daddy, daddy, come here. Let me... <laughs> yeah. like... Luckily, I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, me either, man. Props sure. to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, sure. I, I don't recommend it. And if you do, yeah, do no, twins, it's... don't Not do a boy happening. and a girl. Okay. First of all, don't do twins. 
If, but if if you do, don't just do like two boys or two girls. Yeah, I mean, maybe I think easier. people can make those decisions now. Yeah, right? you get to you get to pick that shit, dude. It's Gattaca times now. You know, it, it wouldn't oh, surprise I'm me. To, I want to hear this. Uh, how, how do we? How how does Buzz get into his flow state, man? Is there anything that you do to prepare yourself? No, honestly, it's it's that that sort of torturous making yourself start. I mean, that's the. That's literally all it is. I mean, I, I can sit there and and I, I still do it. I'm fucking 48 years old and I, I know these things. I know it's just I'm about, 52, dude. I'm still hey, you look pretty the same fucking thing good, here. man, for 52. <laughs> it's the lighting. I I, <laughs> I I spend hours on the fucking lighting um to help so that you know you don't see right. the the all the, the wrinkles and the <laughs> yeah. But gray uh, hair is all tucked back in there and everything. Hey man, Good. Yeah. Most of this beard is gray, man. It's like the whole other I know. Side. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it, bro. <laughs> yeah, you've drawn it. You've drawn this beard before. But that's uh, right. Uh yeah, I mean, that's all it is, really. And and it, it's the hardest, it's the hardest thing to do sometimes is just to start. I mean, that's literally that's literally all it is. But but I'll break it down a little further because. It's it's um, I read a book called Tiny Habits, and and that really explained a good way to make yourself start. And it's like you got to make it as easy as possible to start. So, like, let's say you were a writer and, and you had to write you had to write a novel and, and you're thinking about how the fuck am I going to write a novel like 300 pages? I've never read a novel. I read more like personal development shit, but it's 300 pages, right? Let's say that's how long a novel is. I have no idea, but that's, um, if you thought about that, like, you'd be like, how oh, fuck, man, that's a lot of pages. That's a lot of shit that I have to do. And so tiny habits, they just break it down all the way down. And, and I've heard other people There's a guy, Jim quick. He has a book called limitless. And he says similar things. He's, he's like, if you just, it's basically, you got to break it down all the way down to the point where you, it's hard to not do it. So let's say you had to write this novel. You're like, all right, I'm going to write 10 pages. And then when you sit down to write 10 pages, you're like, fuck, 10 pages, that's going to be really hard. All right, I'm going to write one page, man, a whole page. Fuck. That's going to be hard. I'm going to write one fucking sentence, one sentence. And then even Jim Quick was even saying, just break it down to where you're just going to open the book. You know, like he was saying, trying to get yourself to read, you know, he's like, if you break it down, you know, I read 10 pages a day. That's, that's how much I'm required to read. So I can read more, but I can't read less, but let's say 10 pages a day is too much. He's saying, all right, what about five pages? Five pages is too much. What about just reading one sentence? If you, if you still don't even want to read one sentence, just make the goal to take out the book and open it up. And that, and that's it. And then the next day you do the same thing. And while it sounds super stupid and silly or whatever, it's like, that's how you build momentum. I mean, you're you right. just get yourself to yeah. start. I you mean, know, that's how you do it. One of the things that I've started doing, um, I guess like kind of like I've been doing it for 18 weeks now, actually, is I've, I've been doing a, a journaling three pages a day in the morning. And then also uh, I do a hundred pushups in the morning, actually. Right. And then blew my I, mind. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing now? <laughs> how I, what? how I started it, man. But you're right. It's all about keeping that momentum, man, because every single day, if I don't do it, I know I'm going to be like losing that momentum. And I yeah. started with 25 pushups, man, you know, and I was just like, let me just, just give me myself 
25, man. They don't even have to be good ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then slowly, I just... James, you don't have to lie. Come on, what'd you start with? Five or six? (laughs) 25, like I said. I probably only got five good ones in there. You you know what I mean? But like, it was really about just building that momentum slowly. And now, if I don't do it, I feel like... I'm like, I didn't accomplish like just like bare minimum. So like for me, what it is, is like if I just do these 100 pushups in the morning, I've already accomplished something really, really tough in the morning so the day seems so much easier for me you know i mean and i kind of just try to do that and i you know and it has actually helped me because now i'm like okay well i can't drink too much tonight because the next day i gotta work i gotta write my three pages and do my push-ups and it's gonna suck if i if if i'm hung over so you know it kind of like slowly affects and builds that momentum and i I like how you put i never really thought about that i was kind of just like all right i gotta do this i got i didn't put it kind of in a phrase but i know what you mean man it's like momentum is a a very very good word when i'm when i'm trying to get going doing a doing a project uh maybe even cutting a stencil you know i'll i'll get to where i have everything set up to where all i gotta do is pick up the knife pick up the the picture and go over and start carving and there's a whole set of you know things that has to be done before that you know, and oh man, you talk about being able to talk myself out of, uh, you know, getting it all together and getting going, you know, but yeah, your stuff, your stuff is a huge process. Yeah. I mean, but you know, once I get going, as soon as I make that first cut, man, that, that right there is the biggest momentum builder. As soon as I make that first cut, then it's like, okay. And then here, and then boom, I'm into it. Um, yeah. but you know, sometimes getting to that first cut is uh motherfucker so dude i I appreciate your uh you know your thoughts on this i also appreciate you torturing yourself and doing the podcast following through on it man because there's a lot of people that you're going to be able to inspire with you know getting getting through to doing things you know that they really wanted to um and they wouldn't have done that if you hadn't taken the time out and punished yourself by saying oh this is probably going to get and just doing it anyway but you know, a lot of podcasts they end around episode you know 12 to 20 you know people are like oh, i think i got enough of this like you, you yeah. know what i mean for you to be able to you know lose your partner man and still continue on man i just want to give you like major major props bro because it's like there's not really anybody pushing you but you know what there's a lot of listeners that wait for that next episode because they love it man and that's what keeps us doing it too you, you know what i mean building that rapport with and them. and there's always going to be you know you never know at some point you get a new listener and they just happen to be listening to the right thing at the right time and you just made that person's life you know yeah. sometimes the simplest words like you're saying with your you know with your professor that you went and saw they put it a certain way and it's so fucking simple the same thing happens with me man someone just says a certain few words the right way and man it's like being enlightened you know so, yeah, that guy uh, probably doesn't even remember that conversation, but it. Oh, probably not. Hell I still no. use it to this day. That was like 1999 or something like that. Like, yeah, I still remember that like, like clear as day. You know, it was one of the best lessons I ever learned. So yeah, if, if you're putting out stuff and trying to do your best, if if somehow one person gets one of those moments from anything that we do, then fuck, man. Like, it's worth it bro it's awesome i mean it's cliche as it sounds like it's true it's like it just is you know so yeah i mean that's how it's, it's you that's know it's it. one of the reasons why we do what we do but it's you know one of the reasons why i hope you keep doing what you're doing you know and, and like i said you know uh enjoy being able to do it whenever you want you know and yeah. um 
that's it, man. Thanks so much, bro. I really appreciate your time today, man. And your enlightenment. Yeah, no problem. You know, you've, you've you. given me some energy, some great energy and inspiration. Um, got a couple of projects I've been procrastinating on. Yeah. And uh, now I got a new tool, man. Awesome. See, and this is another reason why I do this shit, man. I learned, you know, all the fucking time from this, doing this uh, podcast, man. So. So are you looking for somebody to like do a podcast with? I'm just curious, you know, just put it out there, man. I mean, or do you enjoy kind of like doing it by yourself or maybe have a little bit of both? No, I, I am. I just, uh, I think I'm in this um, analysis, paralysis by analysis mode right now. Cause I'm sort of like, like, I don't want to just put it out there and be like, Hey, come be on our podcast because I, I just want to have a specific kind of conversation, you know, like I don't want to have, um, I love graffiti and I love talking about graffiti and stuff, but like our, our show is just, you know, it's mainly a personal development type of vibe. So like, I just want to, I'd want to, I want to have those kind of conversations. So I like um, how you put it, you, you said it's kind of like translated into the graffiti language, man. Like, yeah, like you said, that's the whole you know thing. I mean? And I think that, like, especially in the graffiti scene, just from my outsider's point of view, I think there's a lot of people that are in this scene that, you know, need that kind of, like, a translation, man, of, of the world, you know? Because Oh, most definitely. I can tell you that's for sure. There's a lot of the guys I've met, I ain't going to say any names or anything, but... <laughs> you know, and, and, but, dude, yeah, you know what? And here's the thing. If, if at some point you feel like, you know what? Maybe I want to interview somebody. Maybe I want to do this. Do it. There's no fucking rules with this shit, bro. That's the yeah, cool yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that. And I actually was thinking a lot about that because I the conversation's a lot easier when I'm on other people's podcasts because, you know, you have that back and forth and it's it's a lot less um, torturous, I guess you could say, you know, it's not a lot. <laughs> well, dude, just... it's easy for me because I got this dude over here. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes I'll, I'll hit a, a, a stop or something like that or he'll be able to look something up and, and just, you know, expand in ways that I never that I couldn't, you know what I mean? So we just, we work well as a team and that's, we just got lucky. That just, it started that way and it's, it's just continued. So, um, but dude, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. I, Appreciate being on, man. Yeah, man. And, and you know, like I said, I, I checked out the graffiti machine podcast, man. I'm not, I don't go out and do graffiti, man. My only link to this is the, the doing it with teach, man. Corporate. And I, I enjoyed it, man. You know what I mean? I feel nothing but positive uh things coming out of there and also uh you know a message of self-improvement man and i think like you know that that could be lacking a little bit in some of the uh the, the graffiti world you, you know what i mean <laughs> constant self-improvement right you, you know what i mean in some areas well point. you know what a lot of these guys are very um insecure you know and they like being in a crew because they need that assurance that what they're doing is good you know man, well, i think i'm fired man <laughs> But it's like that that's most of us. I mean, like the 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 most bold motherfucker out there is has insecurities. I mean, there's no you could deny it all you want, but it's that's that's humanity. That's you know, the brain the brain is a very or the mind, I guess you could say, the soul, the spirit, all that shit is very fucking complex, man. Like every I had a I had a buddy that I thought like was just bulletproof. You know, and then I had a real conversation with him once and he's like, man, you think I don't you think I don't feel this shit? You think like and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I didn't even think about it like that, you know, like. So 
I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but yes. no, no, well, dude, you're making a very good point in that some of the guys that are, look like they're the toughest motherfuckers out there tend to be the, the biggest softies, you know, there's just that, that soft spot may be like tiny and, and right over here. And there's, you know, major shields everywhere else, but all you gotta do is just poke them in that one little spot and they fall apart. Sometimes you know? it's like, because like people don't, you know, they feel like, oh man, nobody understands me. I've been through so much crap. And, uh, you, you know, like they have to put on this shield of like kind of to protect themselves, man. And I think especially like in a, in a in a very tough culture like graffiti, your voice basically is able to at least kind of like penetrate through that wall because they're like, all right, bus kind of like understands uh, what, you know, I, I've been through a little bit because he's in that graffiti world. So, you know, maybe I want to just tune in and listen to what bus has to say, man. And then like, uh, you know, from there, like you said, it's about self-improvement, man. And like, just like, uh, you know, getting better at your craft or, you, you know, just picking something and, and getting better at it, man. So and you're uh, such a great person for that, because like, you know, James said, you, you've been there and um you're considered way more cool than i am you know i'm i'm this guy that came in and you know mainly known as a, a stencil artist who not only just a stencil artist but one that created a new technique that makes it easier for other stencil artists so you know i didn't understand why at first why all these guys were angry with me and everything but then i had to explain to me and i totally understood you know so um unfortunately though that's gonna you know kind of ruin it for for me with a lot of these guys you Let know, me ask Buss, actually, Buss, in, in the, uh, in, in, in your perception, in the graffiti world, has the stencils become a little bit more accepted in in terms of the culture or, um, like, you know, what's the general consensus you, or, you know, how do you feel like people reflect on it in the graffiti world? I, I mean, how people reflect, I mean, everybody has their own shit. Uh, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I can, I, I hear what teacher's saying. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's a sort of, um, you know, to, to kind of bring it back to, uh, let's try to think about this. So my, for me, I, I just respect everybody, you know, but I do, I do look at it as they're not quite the same things. I'm not saying that, that somebody that does stencils isn't as on the same level as me or, or whatever graffiti writer, but it's, a, it's a, just a different thing, you know? So you look at, you look at graffiti it has it's a certain thing it's letters characters there's a certain energy to the letters and things like that and then you look at street art it's it's um you know it's like a related to graffiti but it's a different it's a kind of different thing if you look at the dictionary they're not really different of course i mean it's what is graffiti like marking a surface or some shit like that i can't remember oh i can dictionary. get technical with you a graffiti is plural Right. If you just go out and do something by yourself and it's just one, that's a graffito. Yeah. No, but <clears throat> so if, if you look at it like that, of course, <clears throat> got a little issue here. Um, <laughs> but um, what I, what, the way I look at it is it's kind of like if you look at, um, say, like punk and metal. I was just like, about to say that, actually. Like to my mom, they, they sound exactly the same. But to a punker or to, I don't even know if you call them punkers anymore. I sound like an old man, but uh, you know, to like a hardcore punk or a metalhead, they're going to be like, they're, they're totally different things. And I did cross over from both of those cultures. Like I was a metalhead, had the fucking long hair and the, the jean jacket with the patches and shit. Then I started getting into punk and it was a very uncomfortable transition. You know, I was going to punk shows with long hair and, and I wasn't, I wasn't a, a punk, 
you know, I was a meddler at a punk show. But so if you look at graffiti and street art, it's the same thing. They're just different things. I mean, um, cultures, yeah. I personally, I, I, I respect both of them personally, but I do see that there is some kind of tension between the two because I think it goes back to us being, and I'm not just us as graffiti writers, but just us as, as humans, we're protective of our thing, you know? So it's like when I was in high school, like I said, I was a meddler, right? And so I was a meddler in the eighties. So when Metallica was a metal band and so then, and justice for all comes out and they start going a little more mainstream. And then I remember this pivotal moment when, when I was like a, a meddler, an outcast, a stoner, you know, on the outskirts of the high school um, culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, one of the cheerleaders is like asking her friend, hey, did you see the MTV Awards Metallica played? And I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about Metallica for? That's my shit, you know, like uh, yeah. you're, you're oh, coming yeah. over to my shit now. What's the matter with you? You know, so I, I think that's the same thing with street art and graffiti. You that's, know? A, that's a very good way of putting oh, yeah, it. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like this is our special thing, man. And then right. now they're putting it so everybody can enjoy it. It doesn't make But it you know what? The way, the way I had it explained you know? to me also made sense, too. It's like, look, dude, you're out there making copies. You know, I'm making originals. And it's true. You know, when yeah. you got these graffiti bombs and burners and pieces and everything, those are one of a kind pieces that are hand freehand done. You know, some of them may use little stencils here and there, some of them, but a lot of these guys, you know, it's all freehand. So when they see someone coming and just spraying a stencil, yeah, that makes total sense to me that it's just, you know, I'm just doing copies. I'm not making an original. And so once I understood that, I made damn sure that I stayed the fuck away from anything they did. You know, if I saw a street and it had a bunch of, you know, nice bombs on it and everything. I'd be like, yeah, I ain't going to be doing any stencils on the street because that's not very respectful from what I've learned from this culture. So, yeah, um, I mean, I think, I mean, I think the way you're looking at it is, is healthy. I mean, you're. Yeah. It keeps me from getting my ass kicked. <laughs> well, there's that, but I mean, I think for just from a, just from a standpoint of just understanding that, that people are protective of their thing. And that if, makes a lot if, of um, sense too. And I think especially if, artists. Well, yeah. And if you have, if you have street artists and I, and I've heard conversations like this and I, I generally don't participate in this kind of thing. Cause I don't feel like it's, productive to my life but like you know i heard a conversation of um graph writers talking about graph shit and then a street street artist was talking about their shit as it was the same and and um the graph writers were offended by this you know they were like dude you're you're a street artist like we're talking about graph and their you know their whole thing was like what well, I, I do graffiti too like this is it's the same it's like no no it isn't and, and I recognize that it isn't, but I'm not going to argue with anybody and I, I don't get protective of it personally, but I, I do understand. And, and I do, yeah. I do understand it. And I do think that if, if you are a street artist, you know, respect, I, I think stencils look awesome. Teacher, you, you're the best in the business when it comes to stencils, like yours are the coolest looking, coolest looking fucking stencils there are, you know, so. Thanks, but, bro. I appreciate but, that. But, but, I, but I think if you're going to come in, then you just have to understand that this is this is human nature to be protective of of something that you're 
very passionate about or people that have spent their whole lives doing this thing and you know when you were in the uh when you were in the metal scene and then the punk scene became like more of interest to you man i mean um like did you did you like how did you you went first kind of dressed as a metal guy and then like it, did it kind of just like slowly evolve more into punk i mean like <laughs> yeah i'm always just was, curious that because no it was very interesting because um you know and i i think it's the same uh similar as what we're talking about right now like you know um it's it 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 did not evolve slowly so what was interesting was as soon as i got into punk it was almost like embarrassing to listen to metal you know it was just like a, <laughs> such a such a juvenile way of looking at life you know it was just like oh my god i'm a i'm a punk now so i can't listen to slayer and exodus and all this kind of shit um and so like i completely changed my whole like it was very I guess it was pretty fake in a way because like I, I just went from from metal and then I shaved all my hair off and I started wearing punk looking clothes and I got some Doc Martens and shit and then all my metal friends are like what the fuck just happened to this guy you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome that you're, you're like yeah, yeah I mean it, so it was a drastic change basically oh yeah like, yeah it was I mean it wasn't like one day to the next but it was it was very quick you know and it was I, I, you know, I was. Uh, what did you was, do with your old Slayer records, man? I'm, I'm just curious. No, I still have all that. Okay. Shit, you know, so I, I still listen to all that stuff. But um, you know, it was evolving. Like, uh, it's interesting. You kind of just put them to the side of for a little bit. Basically. Yeah, but it was just, it was just real quick because it was so uncomfortable to go to a punk show and look like a meddler. So I'm like, why well, does I, I got to look like a punk now? So just pop, all the hair is gone, fucking. I had like all day now, man. Yeah, just all the changed my shirts and all this shit, and you know, all the metal shirts went into the into the closet. It was, um, you know, it was it was a kid, you know, sixteen or whatever when that happened. So I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know if I would share that, man. Because like, first of all, it's like you know, like I said, it's okay to evolve, man. Like you know, people change and like people get into different things, and those are phases in your life, man. Like, uh, you, you know, different people are getting to different things, man. I think it's just so cool for you to just kind of like talk about that, man. Because a lot of people, I would say that it's like, oh, I've been a punk my whole life, man. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's Gotta stay of... dedicated, man. Yeah. Gotta stay dedicated. Yeah. Even though like, I really don't like it that much. Yeah. So I got all this shit. Just... I got all this shit that, you know, I got to kind of keep up with, you know? Yeah. You know, reflect on their, their you know, the past, whether it's like stealing alcohols, trading for paint and things like that. You know, just different, different culture aspects of the culture man at the end of the day like i said i think it's really just about evolving and kind of continuing your journey man and it's cool that you know you're, you're sharing that kind of process with us man yeah it's a it's an interesting thing and then you think i went from being a punk to a to a graph writer so that transition happened again went from wearing punk clothes to like i, I transitioned from like punk to hardcore which is a little more toned down looking you know is just kind of a i don't know if you, if you look up a straight edge hardcore kid in the 90s like it's kind of what i looked like and so the transition from that to graph writer gear like size 50 pants and um you know chucks and all that kind of stuff like it wasn't a it wasn't a big stretch at that point but um aside from the size 50 pants i i pretty much dressed the same as i did in the 90s you know just t-shirts 
Well, in the punk scene, what was the size 50 pants? Is it the Jinkos too as well? Or I'm no, just no, no, it was a size 50 Ben Davis for the, in the graph, in the oh, graph okay, culture. Yeah, yeah, the stickers, right? Ben Davis, the the, didn't they have like Ben Davis stickers? And then maybe- Yeah, maybe... it was like that, that gorilla or not a gorilla. It was like a monkey or a chimpanzee or something. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That they yeah, they were workwear company basically. Yeah, yeah, work work. Yeah, you'd go to those workmen's uh, what do they call workmen's outlet or something? Or that was a I don't remember. I, I just was, remember uh, you know the Ben Davis for for president stickers with the uh, you know you see those all around. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Cars and stuff like that, man. And to be honest, yeah. I don't even know what it was <laughs> pretty much. when I saw them. Like you said, you see those everywhere, man. But uh, yeah, that was the uniform right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, dude, boss, man, it's been awesome talking to you, man. And thank you. Like I said, I love hearing just the whole journey because like, you know, for me, graffiti writers are such like, kind of like mystical people, man. Like, you know, they don't like to share. A Not lot. only the journey, but the, the little tips in there, little tools of, you know, how to, to build momentum, man. Yeah, man. Much appreciated, and, my man. Yeah. You know, and you can find a lot more of that on the Graffiti Machine podcast, man. I checked it out today. Um, I enjoyed it, man. And I think there's a lot of good tidbits from uh, Bus on there, man. And, uh, you know, we like to welcome you to come back sometime, maybe in person, hang out. And, sure. uh, like, you, you know, we can have a, you know, we'd love to have you on as a regular on the show, man, since you have your podcast of your own and just cross promote, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll definitely share this when it comes out. Hell yeah, and, man. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I, I, I really enjoyed being on this. It was cool. Well, it's an honor, man. It really is. Uh, I mean that. Um, you give us a lot of uh, credibility. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I mean? So we appreciate it, brother. Um, where can they chat. find your podcast, man? I mean, like, uh, just, just, or, you know, if they want to follow you. Yeah, just uh, graffitimachine.com or it's on all um, all the regular platforms, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, whatever. Yeah, I found it on Spotify. It's super convenient. Just typed it in, man. Popped it up the last episode. And uh, like I said, I would have never expect like listening to graffiti podcasts to, to uh, kind of like touch on those topics, man. So uh, it, yeah, it was awesome, bro. Keep it up, man. I really appreciate what you're doing to yourself to, to keep producing. Um, and I, I, I send you all the strength and love to keep it going, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's no no end in sight. I'm gonna keep uh, keep pushing myself until I get good at it. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> Hell yeah! Awesome, man. Thank oh, you so much. So much, brother. Uh, All right, guys. At PTTP Show, leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, thank you very much, Bus, for joining us today. The audience, love you guys. Take care and peace. Appreciate it. Peace, man. Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. We got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop 
at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.